everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and I'm here with my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Hey, Seth. Hey, how's it going? Well, it was going pretty well until last night when I was stung by a wasp. I figure I'll tell you that story. I won't show you my hand because it might freak our viewers out. But um, yeah, came out of nowhere. They're mean. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, yes, and they and apparently venomous. So um, I... Uh, I don't have any wrinkles or veins showing in my left hand anymore. So um, it's sort of like an anti-aging thing that happens. But um, yeah, so dealing with that, but I'll live. It's okay. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad you'll live. Uh, I mean, this is what you get for living out in the woods, right? You know, you got to move to the big city, you know, where yeah, no, 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 no staying possible. We had that conversation here too. It's like, yeah, these are the, uh, the trade-offs that you have for living in the woods is... Right. Uh, uh, insect and critter life—they're yeah. all over the—they're all over the place. They outnumber us big time. I know that's what I'm always scared of. Like I, I say forever, <laughs> like the animal kingdom—it's coming for us at some point. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yep. But um, you good? I'm good. Yep. Counting down the days till school. You know, ready for summer to end here. Uh, and uh, and yeah, everything's going going pretty well. So. I think awesome. we've got a good show today. We've got a, a guest coming on with us. Uh, we're going to talk about some some workforce stuff, which we haven't talked about in a little while. Uh, but we're really happy to welcome CompTIA's Vice President of Strategic Workforce Relationships, Amy Cardell. And before Amy took this job, she was actually the chair of the board uh, for CompTIA's Board of Directors. So Amy's been pretty familiar with CompTIA for quite some time now, uh, but she's just new in this role and doing some new stuff that we want to talk about today. Hey, Amy, how are you? Great to see you both. Good morning, afternoon, and day. Looks yes. like you're on you're on the road, Amy. Yeah, this is the inside of a Homewood Suites. You know, this is how they look. They're kind of you know ubiquitous. I could be anywhere, and as my dad says, everybody's somewhere. Yeah, this is true. I thought you just chose that as your back, background. Everyone wants the Homewood <laughs> Suites background. In, yeah. yeah, circa 1995, I think it's. <laughs> so yeah, it's good to be with you all. Good to have you. Um, well, uh, I'll kick off here, and um, why don't we start big, and then we can funnel down. But Amy, um, talk to us about the Apprenticeship for Tech program, because that's what you're really championing in, in right now. And uh, you know, we want to hear about it and what the goal and the objectives are. The interesting thing about apprenticeship is it's nothing new, right? It's sort of a medieval concept. Learn by doing, work with someone who knows what they're doing. Um, an apprenticeship is probably the oldest force of form of workforce development there is. It's completely medieval. But the idea of using it in tech is relatively new. And the why that we're involved really goes back to, you know, what we see in every cyber states report. And what we hear from every member company is that they have a hard time sourcing skilled talent. And so um, apprenticeship is a way to meet our members' need, our industry's need, and to provide a diverse population who needs to earn and learn while they transition into tech careers and pathways, a way to do that with earning and learning by being on the job. You, you touched on this a little bit, Amy, in your answer there, but um, what makes CompTIA particularly well positioned to be to be involved in this program? We, we've got a lot of interests here, um, and it sounds like a lot of those interests align when we're trying to promote an apprenticeship program. So. We uh, at CompTIA about a year ago put in a um, proposal to the U.S. Department of Labor 
it was a competitive proposal uh, process for a contract to expand tech apprenticeship in the U.S. And I, the reasons we are selected answer your question. You know, uh, our certifications are all built into the curriculum for an apprenticeship. And those are all the competencies that an apprentice needs to demonstrate are really the same as the exam objectives in a way, because we base our exams on job roles. So it makes perfect sense that that would be the curriculum for that job role if you were doing an apprenticeship. Our work on soft skills, what's needed um, outside of the certification to be successful in the entry level uh, pathway. And we've done four pathways. I can talk to those different pathways later uh, are also something we've really talked a lot about. So we have a lot of the research and a lot of the tools to create successful entry level talent that then can get onto on-ramp to building blocks in their career. So that's really why it fits for us. Plus it's our mission to uh, bring out the talent uh, pipeline to really diverse population. One of our board goals is to increase diversity in tech. And so this is a great way for us to do that because it isn't stopping what you're doing and not making any money. You can actually be an apprentice employed and be learning at the same time. Yeah, I was curious, you know, there's apprenticeships and there are internships and there are co-op jobs and all of that. It, you know, is there a delineation between those or are there are they kind of a blurred line? I mean, what is the difference? Yeah, you know, people talk about all three kind of in the same breath and there's a big difference. But what is an apprenticeship is really probably an important place to start. It's a job. It's a paid job paid by an employer. And it's an employer who's decided to invest in developing talent because they need it and they want loyal talent. Um, and the apprentice then learns on the job and has a related classroom component. And it's structured to meet that curriculum that we've outlined. And there's a mentor along the way that helps make sure that those things get done. Um, and of course, they earn the uh, industry recognized credential, the A plus or the network plus or the security plus, depending on the track they're in, or even the project plus. And so they apprentice would earn that along the way. Plus at the end of the apprenticeship, which could be a year or 18 months after they've completed all the competencies to verify that they are uh, qualified in that occupation, they earn a certificate from the U.S. Department of Labor that they've completed that apprenticeship. So they have some things they take with them, but the good news for businesses who invest in recruiting and developing apprentices, they don't leave. They tend to, tend to stick around because unlike an internship, which is short and usually unstructured, um, you know, this is a structured program that's meant to lead to full-time employment. So apprenticeships convert to hires in, at the rate of 91% in research and uh, internships only convert to hires at 46. Uh, co-ops are even less. Um, those are a little longer than internships generally, but only half the people who do a co-op, you know, stay to be employees. And so as an employer, my background coming from that side of, of using these programs, I found internships to to be a nice thing to do. It's uh, mm -hmm. something that's a great experience and gives people exposure, but doesn't generally convert to hires. Same with co-ops, but with apprenticeship, you can see that conversion be really high. And that's what companies want who are investing in talent. Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting uh, description of, of the three things. I did a co-op program uh, as an electrical engineer at Georgia Tech. And I think what you're describing about the structure really resonates with me. So, you know, to, to me at the time, the co-op program was different than an internship because it was uh, longer term. It was ongoing. I was going back to the same place for co-op uh, in, in two different places that, that I ended up working for. 
uh, and it was it was a paid thing, which uh, you know not all internships tend to be paid, and I think more co-ops tend to be paid. Um, but it lacked a lot of of structure. You know, I worked for two places that hired electrical engineers kind of nominally, you know, but one was kind of a machining shop and then one was a consulting firm. And they they didn't really do, you know, things with electrical engineers that I was necessarily interested in. It was good experience to be in the workforce, to be learning some of the soft skills that you're talking about and obviously to get paid. Um, but there wasn't a lot of structure there. Um, and, and I think the lack of that structure is, is probably what led to, you know, the the lack of not getting hired, you know, by those companies or, or for me not even be interested in them. Um, so I think that the apprenticeship that you're describing with a lot more structure, especially for these technical jobs that, that are becoming so complex is really important. Um, so, so I think that's uh, a real advantage of, of apprenticeships. Well, I've heard some really smart people in business say that they've seen over and over again that people stay where they're learning. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the big drivers for folks isn't money, um, isn't, it, I mean, you have to have enough on the table to be where you want to be, but, yeah. you know, the, the, the satisfaction of knowing that someone's investing in you with a plan is huge for retention. And I think we all know that from looking at our own lives, like, oh yeah, that is a great thing to have an employer who wants to invest in you and has a growth plan and what's next for you. And, you know, that, that growth plan ladder is, is uh, exactly what an apprenticeship is at the beginning of a career. So I tell young people and career changers all the time, um, you know, apprenticeship's a great option for you because it is that employer investment in your learning, but any employer who's going to invest in you is where you want to work. You don't want to work somewhere that's not. Um, and I think that builds loyalty because there's this reciprocity, like, thanks for investing in me. I'm going to stick around a while. Yeah, when I think of apprenticeships, um, I was before we got on the podcast, I was thinking about it a little bit. I my mind automatically goes to trades. So plumbers, electricians, those sort of jobs is where you typically see an apprenticeship and often they stay on. And sometimes these are family businesses. What tech roles, jobs do you typically see as the most fertile, uh, fruitful for um, for an apprenticeship opportunity? You're so right, Carolyn. The uh, trades really have owned the word apprenticeship. And it's it's kind of a myth we have to bust. It's available in other occupations. And the ones we've chosen at CompTIA to go after and expand are, no surprise, the ones with the most demand. And so, um, you know, IT support, network support, cyber technician, and tech project coordinator are the four that we've launched with because those are the jobs that are the entry level zero to two years experience, lots of hiring going on in that space. And that's where we can articulate our curriculum and our certifications and our connections in industry to really create this other pipeline. Yeah. How are you, how are you seeing the demand side, Amy, drive interest in this? Because like you said at the beginning, and we've talked about, you know, quite a few times, there's so much demand for these things out there. And and the things that you just mentioned aren't necessarily cutting edge. They, they have cutting edge elements in them, but the job role itself has been around for a while and yet we still see just this explosion in demand. So how exactly is that playing out, you know, with our companies really feeling like they need to do something different in order to fulfill their demand now that they can, can't just do the same thing? And is, is that helping uh, interest in the program quite a bit? I think there's some real 
sort of um, weather conditions that are helping us lift apprenticeship. There's still an awareness uh, raising phase we're in. We've launched this program in April, 2021. And so we're doing a lot of outreach and socializing like this podcast to talk to employers about why they should be interested. We're getting a lot of interest from apprentices uh, as well, because of course it sounds too good to be true. What, you'll train me, I can transition. And there's so many folks transitioning in workforce right now. So the demand side from the employer side to side, we're really focusing on, and we're seeing uh, interest there for several reasons. Of course, the demand that we demonstrate in all of our research is there. You know, um, the interest in increasing diversity in the workforce is given a lot of um, attention this last year, and it's so important. Um, but it's really hard to do anything about it. It's easy to say, "Oh, we really embrace diversity," but apprenticeship is a way that you can programmatize and do something about increasing diversity. So that's another reason we're getting more attention. I think also with the um, uh, lack of, well, the pandemic conditions and um, H-1B visas for foreign workers and the pipeline there being changed, there's more demand that is created for these entry level and training positions. So I think that's another piece of it. And I think COVID also made people think more about, okay, how can I um, work remotely with folks? How can we um, open the gates to this need we have that's only going to be increasing? It definitely increased demand. So I think those three factors have been a big piece of why we're seeing um, real interest. And we really want to talk to companies who want to do 20 apprentices at a time. You know, we're happy to help smaller companies do one one is never a good idea. They always need to be in a cohort. But if we're in a community where we have four smaller companies that each want three or two, then we can make a cohort happen with several companies across. And we're working with a strong partner, Mayor and Mayor's the prime contractor for us with the Department of Labor. And they have deep experience in setting up registered apprenticeship programs, which really means we've shared the curriculum and we're telling the Department of Labor that this is a, a registered program. We'll finish this curriculum. These are the people enrolled in it. And there's even some tax incentives. I don't think that's the real driver, though. I think it's business ROI. Yeah, I'm curious that, you know, you just said a, a lot. I think it resonates from the employer side of things. And um, what are some of the requirements, though? So if you are a company, you know, not a SMB necessarily, but one of the larger companies, um, what are some of the things that you need to do? Because obviously, I mean, I think of internships sometimes. And so when people go in and they decide they're going to do a summer internship program, it becomes a little bit of a burden for certain people within the organization to make sure they keep those interns busy and things for them to do. So what are some, if you're an employer, what are some of the things that you need to consider if you're going to take up an apprenticeship program? Do you need to hire additional staff? Do you need to rededicate people to those roles uh, that are training the apprentices? And what kind of like financial commitment do you need to make? So the good news is there's no financial commitment other than hiring the apprentices. All the consulting we're doing around this and the support and the curriculum um, outlines are all free. That's part of uh, the U.S. Department of Labor outreach. The uh, training certificates and uh, uh, certifications and online training would be at a discounted cost from CompTIA. So we want to incent that as well. So there is a cost there. Um, the other key piece, and you're right, is I've supervised interns and thought, oh gosh, I want to make sure it's a good internship. It's going to take a lot of time or a good apprenticeship. I want it takes a lot of time. We've tried to simplify that by really providing clear outlines and guidelines so that you don't have to develop a curriculum. We can take what we've got and modify it. I say it's like um, we've written a chocolate chip recipe, but if you want to add walnuts and raisins, <laughs> we can help you do that. You know, we've got the basic um, 
curriculum there for you. And the training online we've got figured out or the training with partners locally we can help coordinate. The piece that as a staffing manager in this you need to consider is who's going to be the mentor for that uh, apprentice because we're going to need that mentor to check in on these competencies to make sure that they're developing the soft skills. Um, we find mentors enjoy the process and actually increases retention if they're um, interested and volunteer for it because it gives them an opportunity to build into the next generation. They, they have it as a, they see it as a perk, you know, it's a fun thing to do, but it, it's best if they volunteer and not uh, are assigned to it if they're not a good fit, you know? Um, so there's that piece of that. And then there's some record keeping, but it's not um, burdensome to report back to us and Department of Labor, how many students, how many, and are we finished yet? So um, it sounds like uh, a lot of work. I think when people look at it, they get a little scared, but we can walk you through what it really means. It's not too, it's not burdensome. It's it's probably not much more than you're already doing if you're doing it right, right. onboarding. And what about the supply side, you know, the employees? Where, what's the pipeline look like for people getting into this program? So I think the interesting thing is that Tech is really the sexy darling of American mindshare in terms of jobs. A lot of folks think, oh, I want to get, that's like a stable career and um, you'll make more money and um, this is a good thing. So we have a lot of that um, kind of driving interest in um, joining, but there's this confidence gap we talk about over and over again about how am I going to do it? Yeah. Um, I don't know enough to get into it. And apprenticeship can soften that gap can be a bridge where people understand they're going into a structured program that will build into them and get them across this chasm. So that helps there with the, the thinking of the, the mindset of the learner, um, especially if they're gonna be part of a cohort that looks and feels like them. The uh, sourcing of those, that talent, you know, cause we all feel like as we're hiring, gosh, where am I gonna find the next great batch of folks? Um, we can help with that because we do get interest from apprentices, but of course it's national and we're talking about a program in the U.S. specifically today, of course. These programs are available in other countries. CompTIA has work in the U.K. Um, around apprenticeship in other countries as well. So if you're interested in apprenticeship in another country, we can help you. But this program, I should be clear, is really U.S.-centric. But we do have interest from apprentices throughout the U.S., and we can try to do some matchmaking there. But our other strength is really connecting with third parties um, and saying, okay, if you've been fishing for talent in the same pool forever, hmm. you might want to look over here. Um, so there's community colleges that are getting on board. They really want to connect with industry. Um, but it's interesting how hard it is for them to do that. They're sort of different silo. So community colleges have a pool of folks. There's a lot of nonprofits in workforce that have a pool of folks that um, often focus on women or people of color or other communities. And if you're willing to consider virtual work, um, there's other type pipelines we can plug into. But I think the key thing is if you've been fishing in one pond um, and just think you can't find anything, let talk to us because maybe we can help you find um, this new, this this other pipeline. That seems to have been an overriding message that's been coming from CompTIA for some time is that get out of your comfort zone of where you're looking for talent. It doesn't necessarily have to be that four-year degree person. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody um, uh, from your own cohort that you're, you know, somebody who you're, you know, more familiar with in terms of uh, their skills and nuances. So I think this is fantastic, really um, a good opportunity. I had one last question is how long are these apprenticeships typically? The programs we've designed for these four pathways are between one year and 18 months long. 
And uh, we want folks to know that if they already have uh, a, cer a certification, they can check that competency finished and work on the other um, parts of it. So there's no one who's, uh, if, if, you, if you don't have a career in that pathway yet, but you already have a certification, you're still a candidate. Mm -hmm. And um, it's no one's too old or too young to really start this either. I think that's an important message. I've had some folks say, oh, you know, I'm career changer. I don't know if I can go backwards and do that. It's like, no, this is a great um, way to curve jump. You can jump on this and get to the next curve if you're older sure. too. So there's not an age limit. Um, and for employers, that diversity and, and background is also a real attraction. You know, folks who have deep experience in customer service or um, in an industry might be really great uh, career changers. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, Amy, you know, I, I knew that this was something that you were passionate about before, but, you know, hearing you talk about it, it just becomes really clear uh, how, how interested you are and, and how much you think that this can make a difference uh, in, you know, both businesses that are looking for talent, but also, you know, people that are looking for new jobs and, and trying to set themselves on a, on a path to financial stability. So really appreciate you coming on here. We will post a link uh, to the program in the show notes. Any final words here that we haven't covered? If you're interested in knowing more about the program, please come to the CompTIA Apprenticeships for Tech website. We'll put a link there in the show notes as well. And um, you know, we really wanna to talk to employers who wanna scale their opportunity. Um, CompTIA's mission is, you know, really around unlocking potential. And we think there's a place for everyone in tech. And if you need to source talent um, and want to look at a, a, an interesting alternative way to do that, that's been successful in Europe for a long time in tech um, and is taking root in the U.S., be, a, be an early adopter. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Fantastic. Thanks, Amy, so much for joining today. Great information. My pleasure. So good to see you all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good to see you too. Uh, thanks again for joining us. And thanks to our producer, Andrea McMillan and Carolyn. I will talk to you next time. Over and out. <laughs>